0: As a pastor-type person, um, I get asked a lot of hard-to-answer questions about life and the universe and everything. Um, we've all got questions, right? I've got questions, too. Uh, but it's no big deal, because I also live with a very curious four-year-old, and so I'm very used to getting hard questions all the time. Like a couple weeks ago, when my son Hudson asked me this like string of questions about heaven, Um, where is it? How do we get there? (laughs) You know, how, when is it going to happen? And then he like concludes this set of questions by going, you know, dad, I don't think I want to go to heaven. And I was like, I mean, you know, why? And he said, I can't take my Legos to heaven. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm a little speechless, and so I have this moment where, like, as a, like, pastor person, I start doing theology um, calculations in my head. I'm like, okay, so, um, you know, all the possessions in earth are, you know, ultimately meaningless, but yet Legos bring joy to Hudson and life to Hudson, and God is the giver of all good things in life, and, you know, dot, 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 uh, carry the one, make sure you round up to the nearest hundredth, and, and I come up with this answer in the midst of this theology session, and I'm like, okay... I'm sure you can bring your Legos to heaven, buddy. There are going to be Legos in heaven. And that was my answer. That's what I went with. So don't at me. It was like 50-50. I just picked one. And it seemed like the one that was going to make him smile the most and want to go to heaven. And so that moment, sometimes you do what you got to do. Uh, so Hudson follows up that with another question. And the question was, okay, so can I get another Lego set? <laughs> And uh, I was like, ah, outsmarted again. But I know the answer to that question, the right answer as a parent is, yes, but wait till your grandparents are in town, <laughs> right? <laughs> so his questions keep me on my toes, um, but really like all the questions do, life keeps me on the toes because I've got a lot of questions about this whole thing, about myself, about, about love and life and faith, about God, about about Jesus, about the past and the present and the future. Um, In heaven, will the Legos clean themselves up is a good question, because if not, like I'm not sure I want to go to heaven if I'm going to spend eternity doing that. But I've got questions along the way, let's just say that. But that's why I'm so glad to be a part of a faith community um, and a church where the questions are not swept under the rug, but they're swept up into this life together. Um, rather than trying to drive the questions away, we're comfortable letting the questions drive us to seek. To seek after God, after goodness, after growth. And so each week as we begin our time and speak our liturgy together, we say all are welcome here. No matter your doubts or questions, where you come from or who you love, even in the chaotic seasons of life, you are loved by God. All are welcome here. Questions are welcome here. Doubts are welcome here. Seekers are welcome here. All are welcome here, we say. Because at Open, we believe that questions are an important conversation partner in our life and in our faith. And our questions lead us to seek, to search, to wrestle, to investigate, to deepen, to change, and to grow. And so we don't erase the questions. We embrace the questions. And I don't know about you, but, but that is so incredibly encouraging to me, to be a part of a faith community that says that honestly and authentically. Because there's a message that we sometimes hear kind of just in the air around us in this world. Maybe you've heard it in your upbringing or you've heard it before, that really following God is about not having doubt. That faith and doubt are in opposition to each other, we're supposed to be answer people, not question people. And part of it is because in American Christianity, we've sort of reduced what it means to have faith to a narrow set of statements, of intellectual propositions that we're supposed to just simply nod our head to and say yes to. Say yes to some specific things about God and Jesus and the Bible and, and dancing. Um, and you're golden. But the consequence of that particular view of this all is that along the way, when things become more complex or nuanced, the moment that you can't wrap your brain around it all, the moment some circumstance happens in your life and easy answers you just can't find, you can't make sense of, we have questions and doubts. We worry that our whole faith is falling apart that our worldview can't hold together, that in some way we are disqualified by doubt. Yet here we are in this room (laughs) as a bunch of people who are pursuing God and the good and love and life, trying to follow after the way of Christ and faith, and we in this room have had doubts. If you've ever had a doubt before, just say yup right now. Ready? (laughs) See, you hear that? We've had doubts. Maybe we've had more than one on the way too. Yet here we are. (laughs) Here we are in faith, finding life and finding love on this journey together. So do we doubt? Do we question? Yes, (laughs) yup. We do. Of course we do. And the idea that faith and, and questions are opposed to each other could not be farther from the truth. Because listen, like, if we had all the answers, it would not be faith. If we thought we had all the answers, we could not grow and we could not change. So, what if the opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty? Thinking that we know it all, that we have no questions left to ask. Because certainty and statements are static. They're about stasis, about finding a place to stand and staying there, come heck or high water. Um, I can't. I, I just. I'm not a cusser. Sorry. <laughs> you can laugh at me and just filter that through your own language filter. Staying there, no matter what. Statements are static, but questions are dynamic. Questions invite us into a quest, don't they? The questions, the seeking stretch us and they form us and they invite us into something and so when we have questions we are not adrift we are right where we need to be because we're on a quest to reach beyond ourselves beyond what we know we're stretching out towards something more toward the God in whom is all that is true, the God who created the universe and all its beauty and complexity and quantum uncertainty, and that God is big enough for our questions. And even more, our God invites us to seek and to ask because what we find when we seek is that God is seeking us with open arms. And so it's God who said first that seekers are welcome here. God says this in, in, in Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. the prophet Jeremiah reports this, that you heard Kelly read earlier, seek me and you will find me. God says with an open mind and an open heart and open arms to us, God invites us to seek and to investigate and to question because in that seeking somehow we will find, it says. Not that we'll find easy answers or all the answers, but that we will find an encounter with something bigger than us. Something truer than what we knew before. Something deeper about love for God and love for neighbor and for ourselves. And what we find in that seeking is so much more than any one answer. We find the confidence and the grounding and the tenacious peace amidst the questions of this life. And so we find that we can let our questions and our seeking lead us beyond where we are right now today on a journey of faith. And it's on that journey that we begin to develop our roots They go down deep. And it's a journey that leads us toward a faith that is tested and flexible, that's humble and strong and nuanced. And uh, as our friend Celia Williamson says, it's a faith that allows us to choose to let the questions do their work in us. And so the power of that question and the work that they do in us is the reason that Jesus never ever gave a straight answer to any particular question that Jesus was asked. Oftentimes, he'd just come back with another question for you. He always called us further to further thought, to deeper trust, not to jeopardy trivia, but to a journey along the way, a journey that's always driving us toward an encounter with a living, loving God and life with God. So here's this classic moment, um, Jesus moment. This is like pure Jesus right here. From the Gospel of John at the beginning of the story, some disciples of John are following Jesus, and they ask him like a simple question. Rabbi, where are you staying? Where do you live? And Jesus' response is, Come and see. <laughs> come and see. He can't even answer, like, where do you live without inviting people on a journey. And so just try that the next time you're at the DMV. And they're like, I need your address, ma'am. And you say, come and see. Journey with me and see how that goes. But come and see was Jesus' answer to, like, everything. Come and see. Because he was not inviting us to recite pat answers. He was inviting us to a profound encounter. Because true knowledge comes through encounter and through experience, and that's why his invitation over and over was, come and see, follow me. Not believe all these things, don't doubt, but follow, literally walk on this journey. With me. Come and see for yourself. Test it out. Seek, question, try out my teachings. Try out my way of life and love and spend some time watching it in action and see what happens and going on this journey. And along the way, you just might find something worth putting your faith in. You just might find life and love and meaning and purpose. And you just might find yourself shaped through that seeking. Follow me, Jesus says. Make that choice amidst the questions of this life to put one foot in front of the other. Even amidst our doubts and questions and difficult circumstances, sometimes that's what faith is all about, about the choice to put one foot in front of the other and go on this journey as best we can. So you know that, that all of us here in this room, as we gather in this place today, that is what we're trying to do in faith. We're here seeking after God, seeking to follow in the after the way of of life and love that Jesus showed us and taught us, because we have faith and we have hope that these questions, this this seeking, this dance of belief and doubt, this following after, putting one foot in front of the other, that in this seeking we will find. And that we will find a glimpse of the heart of a God who says in love that seekers are welcome, that all are welcome here. So as we continue on, I've got a big question for you today, and I promise it's even bigger than this question. Um, Is a room temperature hot pocket just a pocket? (laughs) Okay, it's even bigger than that. Don't worry, it's even bigger than that one. Um, If God invites us to seek, how do we seek (laughs) after God? Where do we look for God? Following Jesus was like easy back in the Jesus day because if you want to follow Jesus, you just look for the dude who's holding the lamb and you follow him around. That's what you do. But nowadays, if you do that, you're going to be following a 4-H kid to the state fair. Um, best case scenario is, I guess. So how do we, in our time, follow Jesus? How do we seek? How do we encounter Jesus? This living God. And there's so many ways that we could talk about. We suggest we could share it with each other. Things that we've found in our lives that have been helpful for us. Places that we go with our question. And so today I want to I reduce that down to three things. Because um, that's how pastors roll. We, we work in threes. But it's three ways I think our faith story and the testimony of, of our lives suggest that we might encounter God. And it's three places in particular that, that we as open can do together. As a community where all are welcome, where all seekers are invited, in a place where we try our best to cultivate opportunities to do these things together and encounter God and follow and seek and go further on our faith journey. And so, wherever you are along your journey, whatever you're calling it and naming it at this time, these are things that can be helpful for us. So, the first thing, first way that we can seek and, and maybe even encounter God is through contemplation. Contemplation is contemplation is a fancy spiritual word for practices like meditation, prayer, study, worship. Anything where we still ourselves and open ourselves and focus our mind's attention and our heart's affection on the loving presence of the divine. In contemplation, we can in some way encounter in the midst of that. And so one of the ways that contemplation is described in in the library of Scripture is through this word, abide, abide, abide means to rest or to stay or to dwell. And we find that in seeking to rest and stay and dwell in connection with God, that in some way, it's like connecting with a source, that God meets us there. And so check out the way that the community around John describes the practice of abiding. It says in 1 John four sixteen. it says, So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. In some way that, that I, I think I know, but I can't precisely describe, In that process of contemplation, of abiding in God, abiding in love, there's an encounter in which we come to know and experience and believe that God who is love is with us and in some way is is in us in this journey of life. That even when we can't hold all the questions together or even hold them in our hands, that in love God is holding us. That we meet God in that abiding and in that contemplation. And so one of the best ways to, to begin to seek and to abide in God is to carve out some intentional time in your life for spiritual practice. You start like once a week or, or once a month or, or once a year on your birthday, whatever it takes, start somewhere, maybe with prayer or meditation or with study of a good book or of scripture, maybe take a walk through nature. I was talking to a friend this past week who's approaching journaling as a spiritual practice. Anything where you can center your heart and your mind on, on a loving God and abide there, anything can be an avenue for encounter and so here at open, we try to provide throughout the year intentional opportunities to practice this, to practice to pray and to, to meditate and to study learning and experimentation. Uh, but every week as we gather together, this is a, the heart of what we do in so many ways. We, we pray together, we study and explore together, we quiet ourselves together, we sing together, because the songs we sing are prayers to God. They're our liturgy, and Crystal and the team work hard and prayerfully to provide us with prayers that can lead us to encounter God, to abide, and to follow after the love that we find there. And so every week in our liturgy, we begin with this simple but powerful declaration of our intent. It says, we come together to seek God, trusting that God is seeking us with open arms. All are welcome here. You can say it back to me anytime you want to in the midst of that too. That's what we do here together. That's our intent of gathering in this place. We come together to seek God, trusting that God is seeking us with open arms. And so this This year, as we continue on, as we go this semester, let's come with a renewed intention to do that here in this place. Tomorrow, when we go from this place and throughout, that we might be people who abide, who go on this journey amidst our questions and doubts and our wondering that we can't hold and let our God hold us as we abide, as we seek to follow, and trusting that God, in the same way, is is abiding in us, is seeking us with open arms. So the second way to to seek God, I think, is compassion. Compassion. Through letting our heart be moved for our neighbor, through acting in compassionate love, trying to follow after the way of Jesus in our world, we can encounter the love of God that is at work in us and around us and in our world. And so it might seem odd to say that we can encounter God by compassion toward our neighbor, But that is exactly what Jesus suggests will happen. So in one parable, he's he's talking to them about caring for for the sick, feeding the hungry, visiting those who are incarcerated. And he makes this amazing statement. He says, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Jesus says that in Acts of Compassion, In seeing the faces of our neighbors, the vulnerable and the hurting or the hungry or the outcast, in their faces we encounter Christ. We glimpse the presence of Christ in those that we open our hearts and our lives and our hands to. Because when we reach beyond ourselves and toward another, whether it be a friend that we need to listen to in a time of need or or seeking justice for a vulnerable community, we glimpse God in the recognition of our shared lineage of divinity with those around us, that, that all people are created in the image of God beautifully and wonderfully made and of sacred worth, and that in our neighbor we see a reflection of the image of the infinite God that we are seeking after. And besides, when we go and act in love, we meet a God who is already there before us, who's at work in every life, in every culture, all ways, just like God is at work in our lives as well. And so this week, as, as we carry our questions with us, and sometimes they feel so heavy, when we open our hands, those questions become lighter because we are chasing after love and not a specific fact And so let's seek God through compassion toward our neighbor. And as we step out into our world to act in love, we just might meet and encounter God face-to-face in our neighbor as we go. So the final way um, to seek God that I want to offer you, that we do here at Open together, that word is community. Community. And yes, not only are there three, but they all start with C. Um, I am a seeker, but I am also a pastor. And it's just how we roll. It is my burden to carry. Um, the fourth way to seek God is coffee, by the way. But you've got to do it in threes. So community is one of the most powerful, powerful avenues for encountering God. And in community, we can find wisdom and encouragement. We can find strengthening and partnership and support and joy and laughter and solidarity. We can also find in some way the presence of God. So Jesus is talking about the power of community in our lives to encounter God. And he says this, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Which is such a beautiful thought that when we gather in a place like this in community in some real way, the heart of God is with us as well. We can encounter God in community. But like time out, all right, I've just been talking about how God is with us and abides with us every step of our journey, and now I'm saying that really you need two or three people with you, you know. We work in the buddy system here for God to really show up. Okay, questions are helpful, and this can help us kind of unpack this. So yes, God is with us always in this life. But in community, when we meet with others, we experience God in a new way in a bigger way beyond ourselves. And so here's what I mean. Each of us, like our story says, is created in the image of God. Each of us reflects an aspect of the divine. And we're also, we are unique and we are diverse in the midst of this. And so each of us reflect a different aspect of the infinite God. And so when we move together... When we gather with others, the more we experience faith in community, the more complete a picture of God we have. And we glimpse through those reflections of the image of God in our neighbor. And even more, we share this journey. We can learn more about the experience of God because each of us have a unique story and journey and questions that have led us on a unique experience of God that we can share with each other. Even if you feel like you were just beginning, you have a lifetime's journey and experience that has brought you to this place, even if you don't know quite what to call it yet. Because it is your journey, and you've experienced something of the infinite God that I have not yet, and vice versa. And so together, in community, especially in our diversity, we can learn so much from each other. As we listen, as we love, as we seek together, we glimpse so much of God through the experiences of each other. And we experience God in a different, larger way than we ever could on our own. And so here at Open, we need each other on this journey. We need your seeking, we need your questions, we need your unique reflection of God to edify us and help us all grow. We need each other and we need each other's faith too. In those moments when we cannot hold it on our own, we need the strengthening support of someone who will help us believe. We need community and we seek God there. And so this week, as I mentioned earlier, we, we launched some new opportunities for community for seeking some places where you can bring your questions and your story and you can, you can experience it together through, through open groups. And also places where you can be strengthened in your faith to help others in this faithful act of putting one foot in front of the other on this journey of life. And so um, I just encourage you to check out that list. You can go to opendtx.com slash groups, sign up and... Try it this semester. See what happens when you gather in community. See how it helps you in your seeking to be a part of a community where all are welcome, where questions are welcome, where seekers are welcome, where all are welcome. So for me, I know I have been strengthened by this community more than I can express. I have learned so much from you. It has been so helpful to me On my journey has helped me see and experience God in new ways. And just to like see God, period, amidst this life. You helped me do that. Thank you for that. So I was thinking back on one of those experiences that helped me and strengthened me along the way. And a while back, um, some folks who are now a part of Open, we were all hanging out together in Louisville, Texas, uh, working at an apartment building that's home to hundreds of refugee children who found asylum there. And I say that we were working there very loosely. (laughs) We took art supplies and sidewalk chalk, um, jump ropes and soccer balls, of course. So we were working there. um, And we were loving and laughing and living as hard as we could. And it was beautiful um, to see the kids smiling, to see each of us using something that we cared about, art, jump rope, soccer, To bring joy in life, to see our own kids mixing in like they were long lost cousins with their neighbors. And I remember amidst that swirl on the the first day we were there, um, my friend Brandy, who's back there in the back of the room, she just took it all in and said, This is what God looks like as she looked out on the joy and the life and the unity this is what god looks like in community in compassion she had this moment of contemplation said this is what god looks like and it is beautiful and it is whole and it is alive and it is holding us all together and i just went yeah <laughs> yeah because i knew i knew that what she said in that moment was more true than any answer to any question That I had asked because friends in my seeking in my journey I've never seen God I don't know the answer to Legos in heaven definitively I don't know the pot pocket question answer either all the way but amidst my journey even in the middle of all my questions I know what God looks like I've seen it I've seen it in glimpses I've seen it in compassion. I've seen it in community. I've seen it in contemplation. I've seen it in you together. I know that, and I'm seeking after it. And every question I let draw me on in that direction, and I will do my best to abide in that loving God, to follow after the way that Jesus showed us and taught us, to seek after that loving heart of God, And let my questions pull me ever onward toward that God who looks like love. So when I don't have words or answers, when we don't have all the answers, when we can't hold it all together, there is a God who's holding on to us, who's holding us, who's holding us all together in love, who says with this beautiful invitation, Seek me, and you will find me. You will find an answer beyond any question that you could ever imagine of a God who loves you and loves this world more than you know. So, seekers at open, seekers are welcome here. Questions are welcome here. All are welcome here as we journey together on our quest to seek after God. Let's pray. God, thank you for your wide-open invitation to seek you from wherever we are, whatever our story, whatever our journey, whatever our identity. You invite us to seek after you. And so give us the courage, God, to try to do it, to put one foot in front of the other, and let our questions pull us on. Help us to take them to the right place, to, to take them to you. Help them to bring us to bring them into community and find the wisdom of many, but also our contribution to it. Help us to find it in compassion as we love our neighbor. Help us to see your face in the places that we go. And in contemplation, as we pray, as we meditate, As we open the community library of scripture, as we sing out, help us to experience the abiding love of a God who's with us every step of our journey, especially the uncertain ones. God, thank you. And may this be a place where seekers are truly welcome now and forever. Amen.